Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 21 of Genesis chapter 7. And we're continuing to read from verse 18 through the end of the chapter. And the waters prevailed and were increased greatly upon the earth, and the ark went upon the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle, and of beasts, and of every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life, of all that was in the dry land died. And every living substance was destroyed which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle, and the creeping things, and the fowl of the heaven, and they were destroyed from the earth. And Noah only remained alive they that were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed upon the earth a hundred and fifty days. Well, uh, last time we were looking at the mountains, the significance that God tells us the waters prevailed um, and rose above the highest mountains, 15 cubits upward, and um, all the high hills, which is the same word as mountains. And we saw that mountains in the Bible spiritually represent kingdoms. And Satan's period of rule as king over the wicked people of the earth, uh, which he won by right of conquest back in the Garden of Eden, in Revelation chapter 7, was likened to seven mountains. So when we get to Judgment Day, the judgment of the kingdom of Satan is pictured by the water, the word of God, rising above the highest mountains. All the mountains of the earth, remember, Satan tempting the Lord Jesus, showed him all the kingdoms of the earth, and and he said he would give them to Christ if he worshipped him and and that's because he had rule over them but in judgment day all the kingdoms all the mountains under satan's dominion under his control his rule come under the wrath of god and the water the law of god the word of god rises above them showing the the law the word of god's victorious the kingdoms of the world, the, the inhabitants of the earth are all in submission to the wrath of God that the word of God is bringing forth upon the inhabitants of the earth. And, and so we saw in Isaiah 54 where God likens the waters of Noah and related to mountains being removed and, and also in Psalm 46. The mountains were removed into the sea, but um, but God is in the midst of Zion, and the Bible speaks of Mount Zion, 
That's the mountain of God or the kingdom of God. And so Zion, the body of elect believers, is not removed. No, we have a kingdom that cannot be moved, according to Hebrews 12. It remains. It endures. It it stands up to the storm that comes against it in the day of judgment. And that's why the Bible says, He that endureth to the end will be saved, because God's people will endure. They will abide. The fire is another figure that's really saying the same thing. In uh, The day will declare who is a true believer and who is not. The wicked will be burned as the stubble. The elect will be purified as gold and silver is purified and go through the fire. It, it, all various pictures, all teaching that the people of God will remain on the earth. They will go through the final judgment and they will come out the other side of it. They will endure to the end. They will not be destroyed. They will then like Daniel enduring the night um, when the king comes to the den of lions in the morning and cries, Oh, Daniel, um, has thy God preserved thy life? And, and, and Daniel responds, and then the king lifts him up. And that will be what happens at the end of this prolonged period of judgment. God will lift up his people out of the the place of wrath, the place of hell, because the earth has become like hell or the grave, a place where God is killing the wicked of the earth, and God will lift up his people into the heavens forevermore. But uh, again, we're looking in Genesis 7 that tells us that the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth and all the high hills they were under the whole heaven were covered. It was repeated in verse 20. Fifteen cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. And we saw that Babylon, just as the king of Babylon represents Satan, so the king of Babylon ruled over represents the kingdom of Satan or the kingdoms of this world. Babylon comes under the judgment of God. And we saw back in Jeremiah 51, in Jeremiah 51, verse 25, it says in that verse, Behold, I am against thee, O destroying mountain, saith Jehovah, which destroyeth all the earth. And I will stretch out mine hand upon thee, and roll thee down from the rocks, and will make thee a burnt mountain. That's the kingdom of Satan will come under the wrath of God. And when it does, one figure is it will become a burnt mountain. And then in um, verse 42, Jeremiah 51, The sea has come upon Babylon. She is covered with the multitude of the waves thereof. And then further towards the end of Jeremiah 51, God says this to to Jeremiah, beginning in verse 60. So Jeremiah wrote in a book all the evil that should come upon Babylon, even all these words that are written against Babylon. 
And Jeremiah said to Sarah, When thou comest to Babylon, and shalt see, and shall read all these words, then shalt thou say, O Jehovah, thou hast spoken against this place to cut it off, that none shall remain in it, neither man nor beast, but that it shall be desolate forever. And it shall be, when thou hast made an end of reading this book, that thou shalt bind a stone to it, and cast it into the midst of Euphrates, and shall say, Thus shall Babylon sink, and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. Thus far the words of Jeremiah. Now this is interesting, that God commands Jeremiah um, to tie the book, which is the word of God, to a stone, and to cast it into the Euphrates, which is the river of Babylon. And as the word of God um, and that stone go into the water, God says, Thus shall Babylon sink into the waters. And that is described in the New Testament in Revelation chapter 18, in verses 20 and 21. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. And a mighty angel took up a stone, like a great millstone, and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. So the stone represents Babylon, just like a mountain, a mountain is made of stone, represents the kingdom of Satan or Babylon. So the stone being cast into the sea is like the mountains being carried into the sea. It's a, it's a similar figure. And yet God associates it in Jeremiah 51 with the word of God. Or when the book, which is the book of Jeremiah, which is the Bible, is tied to the stone. It's as though the word of God is plunging the kingdom of Babylon or the kingdom of this world into the depths. Just like in Genesis, the waters rise up above the highest mountain, plunging the mountains into the sea, which is the fulfillment of what Christ said the disciples would do. In Matthew chapter 21, we um, were looking at this at the close of our last study. In verse 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this, which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Now, what in the world does that mean? We've um, we've seen the fig tree, Christ cursed, that was Israel, the judgment of God upon Old Testament Israel. Ye will do what I have done to the fig tree, and the New Testament church, also typified by the fig tree, was cursed 
as God opened up that information to his people who declared it. Thus, we cursed the fig tree, the New Testament churches and congregations. But more than that, but also, Jesus said, in addition to cursing the fig tree like he did, the elect believers will do more that they will say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Now, it so happens that God brought a spiritual judgment on the churches and congregations, which was revealed to the people of God, and that fulfilled the cursing of the fig tree, of the body of believers' role in the cursing of the fig tree, which would represent the New Testament churches. But the Lord also brought a spiritual judgment on the world, the kingdom of Satan or Babylon. And again, the Lord revealed this information to his people who declare it and believe it. And so by faith, by faith, by belief in the word of God, the kingdom of this world Satan's kingdom that he ruled over throughout all history has come under the judgment of God, under the judgment of the word of God, which, uh, again, the waters typify the word of God. And if the waters began to rise on the 17th day of the second month in Noah's 600th year, and 7,000 years later on May 21, 2011, the waters, the, the wrath of God began to be poured out upon the earth and rise and, and continue. It's interesting when we look back and we see that even after May 21, 2011, there was a great uneasiness on the earth for five months because we had thought that there would be a five-month period from May 21 until October 21 that would be God closing the door of heaven on May 21, and, and that would be the complete spiritual judgment and then a literal destruction on October 21. So many people were watching closely, watching carefully. Uh, many could not relax until that day passed. And uh, so I, I'm not saying that that's the fulfillment of the five months in Genesis 7. But it's just interesting how that did work out. Well, uh, all right, let, let's go back to Genesis chapter 7. Genesis 7, and again in verse 19, the second part of the verse, And all the high hills that were under the whole heaven were covered. Verse 20, 15 cubits upward did the waters prevail, and the mountains were covered. The Hebrew word translated as covered is 3680. And uh, it's the word we've already seen in Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 51, verse 42, The sea is come up upon Babylon. She is covered with the multitude of the waves thereof. And this is an interesting word. Um, Well, I guess you can say that about every word in the Bible. But... Um, we're looking at this word now, so the, it's a, it's a truth. It is an interesting word. 
This Hebrew word 3680 is a word that is used to speak of the covering of sin. For instance, in Psalm 32, it says in verse 1, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. You see the um, relationship between having your transgression forgiven and your sin covered. And the word covered is the same word where the waters rose above the highest hills and, and the mountains and, and covered them. It's also found in Psalm 85, verse 2. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin, Selah. Now, in the case of these verses in Psalm 32 and this verse in Psalm 85, it, it is um, pointing to the covering through salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ provided for his people. That is, our sins were covered by his blood. And Christ's blood or his life as he made payment and the payment that the Bible or the law of God demands is the wage is death. So Jesus gave his life as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And, and so his blood, his life covered over all sin that his people would ever commit. The whole company of the elect and all the multitudes of sins that they would ever, ever sin against God were covered. And because they were covered, our transgressions can be forgiven. We are not found guilty. We're, we're saved because our sins are covered. Now, th- that was the point of the sending forth of the gospel. It says in Isaiah 58, verse 7, Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? And and there was several statements here in Isaiah 58 that relate to the sending forth of the gospel, and nakedness in a Bible pictures um, one whose sin is exposed. It's open to the eyes of God. And if God sees sin, he, he will uh, punish it. He will destroy it in wrath. That's why there's a great need to have sin covered. And when, when nakedness is covered with garments... It's a picture of the covering of Christ's righteousness, which again goes back to his atoning work performed on behalf of his people. So this word has everything to do with the forgiveness of sins, but the forgiveness of sins has everything to do with the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, atoning for sin covers over sin. And and again, we mentioned this before, when God punishes the wicked, 
it is the time of their sacrifice, the time of their atonement, that they themselves are doing or offering up in behalf of their own sin. And and so when the waters of God's wrath, the word of God that is punishing and judging all the unsaved people of the earth, rise up 15 cubits above the highest mountain and cover the mountains. It's as though the sins, the awful, ugly, tremendous multitude of sins that the world has committed against God, the the whole enormous bundle of them that is so multiplied and increased across the face of the earth in our time, it is as though all of the transgressions committed against God are now atoned for. They are covered because the payment has been offered up, which is the death of the sinner. The the sinner himself has made the atonement on his own behalf, and and this results in the destruction of the wicked because they cannot survive it. It, it. It's only due to the fact that Jesus was eternal God and sinless in himself and holy and righteous and all-powerful that he was able to survive death at the point of the world's foundation in making payment for the sins of all the elect and and he was able to rise from the dead and and to come back to life to be declared the son of god the firstborn from the dead it it's only because he is and was infinite eternal god that he could do that man is not infinite but finite man is certainly not eternal god he is not all powerful but he's a very weak, limited creature that can only make payment of death that the law requires. He can satisfy the law's demand on that count, but once he's made that payment of death, he he has no power in the day of death to rise from the dead. He has no ability to return again and to come to life once more as a a renewed or regenerate creature, uh, as someone now cleansed from all sin. He, He cannot endure the baptism of fire that is required to purge away all of his sins and then to come through it. And neither could we. Only... Through Christ are the people of God able to endure, able to uh, survive the wrath of God. And, and none others will be able to do it. We read in Exodus chapter 15, and this is referring to the drowning of the Egyptians and Pharaoh in the Red Sea, and notice Pharaoh drowned with them, because when Judgment Day comes, Satan, that Pharaoh typified, is under the wrath of God as 
equally as the people that are in his kingdom are under the wrath of God. It says in Exodus 15, in verse 3, Jehovah is a man of war. Jehovah is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Just like Babylon, the stone cast into the sea. Because it's it's a similar picture. The king of Babylon, Pharaoh, equally represents Satan. The kingdom of Egypt or the kingdom of Babylon represent the kingdom of this world that Satan rules over. And when judgment day comes, the waters will cover them. That's what it said in verse 5. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. The word of God is victorious. It, it, it the, the word of God that carried Babylon into the sea. The, the word of God that has risen above the highest mountains of the earth. God's word is victorious and wins out uh, at the end. Now, just want to look at another verse where this word covered is found. It's in Psalm 106. Psalm 106, verse 17. It says, The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. It says the same thing in Numbers 16. The earth closed upon them after the earthquake swallowed them up. Then the earth closed to cover them because sin must be covered. The only way sin is covered is through payment, and that is death. And and again, Jesus successfully makes payment on behalf of his people, but all the rest must make their own payment, and then there can be satisfaction as far as the law of God is concerned. So that's in view here with the water rising above the highest mountains. There's one other thing in view I want to look at quickly in Deuteronomy 12, verse 2. It says, Ye shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills, and under every green tree. So the mountains and the hills relate, tie in with idolatry, with service to other gods, and we can see why mountains would, because uh, Satan, his his kingdoms uh, um, tie in with mountains, and and Satan is the chief idol for mankind, as man, no matter what idol they're serving, what false religion, what false gospel, what uh, carved image, it all goes back to Satan because they're all lies and and they're all deceitful things and he's the father of lies. And whenever any uh, false gospel or idol is worshipped, which is a lie, Satan ultimately receives that worship. 
And so as God judges the kingdom of Satan, the mountains come under the water, so too all of the religions of the world, all the false gospels in Christianity, professed Christianity, all things that men have worshipped other than the true God of the Bible come under the judgment of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.